0: Hey, everybody. It's Frank Scapatici, part of the Virtual Real Estate Investing Podcast, doing a quick 10-minute episode where we try to convey as much information as possible to our viewers in a very, very condensed format. So today, uh, this is something very top of mind to me. I'm going to talk about real estate investors, like mom and pop real estate investors um, versus uh, private equity real estate. Uh, the reason this is top of mind for me is I feel like these two worlds are coming very, very close together. It used to be back in the day that institutional money, private equity was dealing primarily in commercial real estate and um, typically assets of higher prices, maybe 5 to $10 million and above. Think about your larger commercial buildings um, in New York City or San Francisco, or really any city, but just at a higher price point. And we continue to see um, private equity and institutional money move down market. We see them obviously investing more in single family housing. We also see them doing things like buying cheaper self-storage facilities in rural cities all over the country and trying to create portfolios of them to resell at a higher price. So I wanted to talk about how real estate investors like myself, right? That um, typically deal in off-market deals, onesies, twosies, how we operate a little bit differently than private equity. And uh, what does that mean for investors? Okay. So first let's ground ourselves on what does a real estate investor do? In a day to day basis, it doesn't matter the asset class. It could be self storage, could be multifamily, could be single family. What are we trying to do? Well, typically we're trying to either attain cash flow, uh, but more importantly, we want to buy houses at a discount, right? We want to have a house that might be worth a dollar and we want to buy it for 70 cents. That typically ensures cash flow and forced appreciation and equity in the property. That's really the game. It doesn't matter if you're doing direct to seller marketing making the phone calls yourself, or dealing with real estate agents who bring you deals, that is the game, right? That's that's how it is won. How is that different than private equity? Sure. Private equity firms, um, they would love to buy at a discount, but that's hard to scale, right? it's hard to buy 300 single family houses or 500 storage facilities by paying 70 cents on the dollar. So how do they win? They win by getting a super, super low cost of capital. So you are, as a real estate investor, doing a hard money loan, at 9 to 12% to buy a house. And they are borrowing money um, at a cost of capital in today's world at sub 2.5% interest. In some cases, institutional money is buying real estate assets at less than 2% interest, which is essentially free money in an inflationary environment, which is very much what we're in right now, right? So they basically can get lower cost by getting better terms on their loans. That's So they can pay a higher price and achieve the same yield or um, return as you can. So that's a big advantage to have. But well, really, what what another advantage that I see them having with their purchasing power is they're able to buy in a market and sell in a different type of market, even if it's the same asset. This is what I mean by that. Let's say BlackRock wants to buy a house or maybe a storage facility in Oklahoma, like we are right now, and it's three million dollars the purchase price for the portfolio or the storage facility. They are going to buy that from a mom and pop investor, because it's unlikely a private equity firm owns that really small podunk mom and pop facility or asset right so they're probably buying from a mom and pop seller let's say they do that 10 times maybe 20 times now they have 20 facilities previously owned by a mom and pop seller and maybe they're operating at a uh, an eight cap right they they bought it at a, an eight cap capitalization rate so that's because that's the appropriate yield right you're going down market those assets should have a higher yield or cash flow. Um, than larger assets that are a little bit more stable, okay? because you're taking on risk as an investor, so you want to be compensated for that risk. But now the institutional buyer, the the private equity firm, now has twenty assets operating at a high cash flow, right that they originally bought at an eight cap. Well, it's more stable now, right? They've streamlined operations, they have consistent operating procedures. Um, they're able to show, better data, they're better run. It's also, they get they get to flex their pedigree a little bit. They're like, hey, BlackRock or Amherst or whatever these companies' names are. Um, we've been managing this for two years and it's very, very stable. So now what are they doing? They're now able to sell those portfolios to a different type of buyer than a mom and pop investor is going to sell to. They're going to sell to another institutional buyer and they're going to sell at a lower cap rate. So maybe they purchased everything at an eight cap and now they're selling it at a five cap. What does that do to the equity in each particular property? It gives them a ton more equity. What's the difference between five percent and eight percent? Is that a it's like a thirty-something percent increase? Their equity in those properties by pulling them together has one of thirty percent. Right? That's a huge deal. You're talking about millions and millions of dollars in these portfolios. So that's what I mean by saying they buy in one market and then they sell in another. It's it's a different market. A different buyer is buying twenty assets versus someone buying looking to buy one asset. It's the buyers either um, in the former is a private equity firm or a Wall Street type buyer. And then in the latter example, it's just someone like me, just a random person. So that's how they they play the game. They basically get like a market arbitrage on the property. So what does that mean for real estate investors? I think this is going to continue to happen. Um, as long as capital is coming cheap and more and more um, investor money is flooding the streets, which is happening all over the place, place, venture capital, real estate, doesn't matter. The asset um, investor money is pouring in. That's going to be really, really good for people that hold on to assets. So how am I going to give you practical advice with this? I think if you're a wholesaler, a house flipper, or really anyone operating in real estate, leave some assets for yourself it's tempting to take short-term gains and tra- and just churn as many transactions as possible to pay for your team. But I'm personally starting to put more assets under management to capitalize off of private equity coming down market. It doesn't matter the asset class, single family homes, storage, whatever. My message is hold on to stuff, right? It'll make you rich five years from now. I think even more so than any other time in history. So be patient and play the long game. That's my uh, tip for today. If you guys want to... Um, Follow us. We're at Gray Line Investments at Instagram, and we have VREI.com if you want to get on our newsletter. And you can follow me as well at Frank's Cap on Instagram if you want to check me yeah. out. Thanks, guys, and have a great day.